0: You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network where it's your team every day. This is your podcast covering the St. Louis Cardinals and I am the host of the show, Lucas Smith. Thanks for tuning in today and every day. That you tune in. It is Thursday, August the 5th of 2021. We are brought to you in part today by Locked on MLB. Be sure to join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan. But remember to call him Sully every day on the Locked on MLB podcast for a unique look at the majors both past and present. Subscribe to Locked on MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow this podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals. Cardinals fall in game two last night to the Atlanta Braves as J.A. Happ was pretty good. Five innings in his debut, but the bullpen faltered and the offense wasn't able to get anything going outside of a first inning rally against... Outside of a first inning home run, rather, from Nolan Arenado, So I'll break down that game today on today's show, talking Hap, talking bullpen, talking offense, and talking, sadly, the lack of outfield defense that has been very strong for St. Louis this year. So all that and more on today's episode, as well as talking some Yadir Molina, as Derek Gould has a new report out today in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, as well as talking 2022 scheduling. It might be time to look at that schedule a little bit more deeply and get excited for that. But nevertheless, regardless of it, if you're excited or want to push it off, we'll talk about it today and just uh, circle some a couple dates on the calendar for next year. One more thing before I get going, it was one year ago today, August 5th of 2020, that I released my first show as host of this podcast. It has been a remarkable, wonderful, fantastic ride. And I wouldn't change a thing about it. At the end of, the, of this episode, I'll share the, the first clip of that show, uh, just to kind of have a little fun thing. So I uh, want to share that for you guys. But uh, yeah, it's been a great a great year, and, and I wouldn't change anything about it, except maybe a couple more Cardinal winners. But nevertheless, uh, one year officially. Um, I, I was hired a year ago last week, but one year of shows officially today as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So without further ado, let's talk about J.A. Happ. His final line was actually... Decently impressive as he gives the Cardinals pretty much what the Cardinals expect out of these acquisitions in J.A. Happ and John Lester. He goes a very solid five innings. He gives up just two earned runs, five hits, walks one, gives up four strikeouts, gave up one home run to Jorge Soler. That, that, that's a wonderful job by J.A. Happ. If J.A. Happ does that every single time out, then I think that that is an absolute win with the St. Louis Cardinals. They did not get him to pitch seven, eight innings to start. They got him to eat five, six innings at a time and keep the Cardinals in the game. That is exactly, and I repeat exactly, what he did. 100% exactly what he did, and he was able to keep the Cardinals in the game and, and pitch effectively at least for five innings. That, that is a successful start for J.A. Happ. But no matter how you feel about the, the trade, Uh, about the acquisition of J.A. Happ and John Lester, no matter what the feelings are, that start by J.A. Happ on Wednesday night was a successful one. Because that is exactly what he was required to go out there and do. And at this stage of his career, that's probably all he's going to do is give you five, maybe six innings on a great day and keep your team in the game. But that's exactly what what he was wanting to do. So no matter how you feel about it, in my opinion, that start last night was a success. And in that start last night, he used... A lot of heaters, and, and coming into that start, he I mean he he still threw a last vast percentage of his pitches were were fastballs. Excuse me, at, uh, upwards of 53%, up to 55 now, but 51 of his 85 pitches last night were four-seam fastballs. Got 25 swings against the fastball, nine swings and misses, and he maxed out at just under 93, at 92.9 miles per hour, and it was. A flamethrower compared to the rest of this Cardinal rotation, as he is the only one in this rotation that has an average fastball of above 90 miles per hour. Uh, his yearly average is 91. He averaged 91 and a three last night, and he, he was dotting. He was dotting well. He, like, like, like I said, he, he, he was effective. He, he, he threw 85 pitches in five innings. I, I get it, but he got the job done, and he, he was able to keep the Cardinals in the game for a win. He was able to strike out four batters. And and use that fastball effectively. Also through 15 changeups to register um, nine swings, one of them being a swing and a miss. Uh, and again, some of these stat-cast numbers are, are hard to justify in just a one in just one start because of the small sample size. But his fastball was really good, really lively. He was like I said, above his yearly average on fastball heaters. Maybe he was a little jumped, uh, pumped up, ready to go and excited, and maybe he used the pregame jitters that john lester had on monday or on tuesday excuse me but maybe Hap used them to his to his advantage i think that that would be a good way of looking at it and 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 hap did everything he could to get the win and it just wasn't meant to be as this is just another example of probably how the um the the win stat probably isn't necessarily the, the best way to judge uh definitely it's not the best way to judge a starting pitcher behind J. A. hap Two of your guys, that in my opinion, at least one of them, Gallegos, but I think Helsley has been more reliable than his ERA suggests. Um, two of your guys really, really struggled it, coming in behind Apps Helsley, and Gallegos combined to give up five earned runs in an inning and a third, uh, each of them walking a pair, and Helsley giving up the big home run in that seventh inning to give the brave or the sixth inning, excuse me, in which the Braves took their first lead against Adam Duvall. Man, Adam Duvall continues to just hit big home runs against the Cardinals. He did so in Game 2 of the National League Division Series back in 2019 against Jack Flaherty. And he does so once again last night uh, against Ryan Helsley. A little bit of different circumstances. Uh, but T.J. McFarland comes in, gets a clean inning. Hernandez Cabrera comes in, gets a clean inning um, through six pitches in that seventh inning and then he was pinch hit for in the bottom of the seventh first it was Jose Rondon and then it was called back as Matt Carpenter uh gets gets the pinch hit call for a single and he ends up coming around to score I'll talk about that uh, in segment number two when I get to the offense but Cabrera was relieved and then Giovanni Gallegos comes in to pitch the eighth inning you think okay just move on to the move on to the bottom of the eighth this is pretty much chalk it up for a scoreless outing but nevertheless, no. Giovanni Gallegos gives up back-to-back singles. One of them just over the outstretched glove of Tommy Eben. I feel like that happened a couple of times last night. Uh, Adam Duvall got a strikeout. Uh, Guillermo Heredia worked a really solid at-bat, laying off a couple pitches, and including laying off a really good 3-2 slider for ball four. Did not get the appeal on the check swing. And then Gallegos gets the two strikes on Steven Voigt. Gives up a run on a sacrifice fly as Voigt is able to lift the fly ball. Sorry, I bumped the mic there. Able to lift the fly ball to center. And then the disaster. Jock Peterson, once again, gets behind one and two. Takes three fastballs. One for ball one, one for strike one, one for strike two. And then the other one, just a little bit too much center cut. He rips it to right. Really solid piece of hitting. Carlson comes in, makes a sliding attempt. But it's off his glove. A run scores. And then Harrison Bader and Dylan Carlson collide. In an attempt to make the play, as more runs come around to score, ended up being seven to four by the time that play was over. Um, since Harrison Bader and Dylan Carlson could not get, uh, could not uh, Carlson and Bader could not get the ball back in because of that collision and that error. Really frustrating way t- to lose the game. Um, just. Just an absolute, not heartbreaker, I think I, I throw around the term heartbreaker too much, but a really, really, really ugly way to lose. Uh, Mike Schultz saying, after the game, I don't know what the catch probability was, but it could, couldn't could have been very high. Carlson tried to make a play. I thought it was great. I love the aggressiveness of it. No word on, on Bader, really, on, on the uh, aggressive nature of him, but nevertheless... I don't want to hear anybody saying, oh, Bader sucks because of this, quote-unquote elite defender, or, or whatever. Here's some Bader is an elite defender. I think he could work on his communication skills, evidenced by the play that I just referenced. But nevertheless, the Cardinal offense, w- once they were down three, you thought, okay, th- th- this is one run was going to be tough enough with how this offense was going. But for three more runs on top of that might have been a bit too much to ask for. So all in all, pitching-wise, Hells League Gallegos have a rough night. Defense has a rough night. And the offense has a rough night as well. But I'll get into that in segment two. J.A. Happ, one more tip with a cap. Two, Mr. Happ, as he does his job in his first start in a Cardinal uniform. So, talking offense in segment number two. Stay tuned for that. But first, let's thank our sponsors. One of them being Freshly. Because dinner time can be chaotic, but with Freshly, it's made easy. Their chefs take care of your meals a few nights a week and take the pressure off of you. Freshly offers chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered fresh to your door. No cooking required by you. Grocery shopping and cooking can be a pain, especially right now. And with Freshly, you don't have to. Your meals arrive cooked and fresh every week so you can keep your fridge stocked and skip the trip to the store. Ordering is easy. Visit Freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you meals like steak peppercorn, sausage-baked penne, or their chicken pesto bowl. Freshly can fit your lifestyle with a variety of plans and meals to pick from that work for your dietary needs, preferences, tastes, and family size. And right now, our listeners can try Freshly for just $6.16 per meal. Stop searching the internet for healthy food near me every night and start living life Freshly. Your meals are always delivered fresh, never frozen, and are ready to heat and enjoy in just three minutes. With new meals added each week, Freshly brings the convenience of chef-made, nutritionist-designed classics right to your kitchen. And right now, Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash locked on. Stop stressing about dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash locked on for $40 off your first two orders. That is Freshly.com slash locked on for $40 off your first forced. To orders. This episode is brought to you in part by Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. That's why you need Rock Auto. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Don't spend 30, 50, or 100% more money searching for the same parts. They're always reliably low at rock auto and they're the same for every single customer they have everything you could possibly need brake parts tear lamps motor oil and even new carpet so go explore their easy to use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliable prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com The offense in last night's loss was pretty close to abysmal. They were Cardinals were hitting Drew Smiley around a little bit in the first. Lots of hard contact. I think four or five of the first six batters ended up getting on base. You had a big home run by Nolan Arnato which, by the way, was a milestone for Nolan Arnato As on that home run, he scored his 700th career run, according to Stat of the Day on Cardinals.com. Um, and he is joining Yadier Molina, Paul Goldschmidt, Matt Carpenter is the only active Cardinals with that many. And it is his 64th career first inning home run, which is the 6th most among active MLB players and just one behind Paul Goldschmidt. Once again, according to Stat of the Day on MLB.com. So congratulations to Mr. Arnato Outside of that, it was a pretty ugly offensive night. Just able to muster up seven hits. The Cardinals strand seven runners, and they go one for six with runners in scoring position. Roland Arnauto had a multi-hit night. Bader goes one for three with a couple of punch-outs. Lead-off man Tommy Edman goes 0 for four. Carlson goes one for five with a strikeout. Goldschmidt one for three. O'Neal one for two, worked to walk as well. O'Neill continues to stay steady. Maybe not a lot of power recently, but continuing to stay steady. The only extra base hits were hit by Nolan Arenado off of Drew Smiley. Drew Smiley ends up having a, a decent line to close out his night after a really rocky first inning. He goes four innings, six hits, three earned, a walk, two strikeouts. And again, that that is not a decent line just without context. But when you look at how bad that first inning was, you th- I thought it was going to be a heck of a lot worse. We saw Richard Rodriguez with the first time in a Braves uniform. But nevertheless, this, this offense is not going to cut it. When you have names like Goldschmidt, Arnado, O'Neill, and even Bader, even though he's kind of coming back down to earth a, a touch, this offense needs to be better. I think, in my opinion, the, the priority list needs to be a second baseman and a shortstop for the St. Louis for this St. Louis Cardinals team offensively in the offseason. Paul DeYoung is not cutting it. He is four for his last 25. He's going back even further, 24 for his last 95. His slugging percentages are down. He's slugging just two eighty. Uh, in those last seven games for the season. He's slugging three eighty-three, which would be his second lowest of his career. The lowest coming last year when he slugged at 349. This would be his second this would be his not this would he is avoiding his career low EOPS by just .001 point. Last year was six seventy, this year it's six seventy one. Lowest on base percentage by forty points, and by far his lowest batting average of his career. Granted, just being three years. I think this is another guy that that could benefit from a scene change. I really, really do. And Paul DeYoung just hasn't proven to be consistent enough to be reliable enough at the major league level offensively this season. He's got some pop. He's got 14 home runs in 76 games. He does have a 30-home run season back in 2019. So I get it. He's He's had some nice years, had some nice moments. But right now, the elevated fastball just seems to be getting the better of him each and every time. And you look at the second baseman, Tommy Edman. I think Tommy Edman is, is a fine player. He's an he's, he's a solid player. I just don't think he's proven to be at the, the starting caliber position player that that at least I thought he was coming into this season. Because I thought he was going to be better than 2020. Maybe not as good as 2019, but somewhere in between there. And he just hasn't that that hasn't proven to be the case in in the most games and most at bats of his career. It's his second lowest average. It's his lowest on base at 300, and his lowest slugging uh, OPS is down as well. His line right now of 254, 300 on base, 373. And I know Tommy Evans doesn't bat leadoff as much anymore, but you just can't have your leadoff batter going over 4. Just can't. And again, that, that, that's also saying I don't think Dylan Carlson is necessarily leadoff hitter. So maybe in that second baseman that the Cardinals should go after, go out there and get a leadoff hitter. Because the shortstop that I want them to get in Trevor Story He's not a leadoff hitter. <laughs> so I think that the Cardinals need a leadoff hitter. In my opinion, that should be the second baseman. Or you try out Harrison Bader there the rest of the season. And then you go out and find a shortstop and second baseman to fill the other spots. I think Carlson should be more of a fifth, maybe even a sixth place hitter at this point in his career. And it, it's it's kind of sad that we're already talking about the offseason. But I think that that might be where we should start shifting our focus for the offseason and for next season. Now talk about, Again, talk about the schedule. You're coming up in just a moment. But let's talk about one positive offensive uh, thing outside of the Nolan Arnado home run, and that came in the seventh inning when the Cardinals scored their one lone other run to tie the game. Carpenter leads off, like I mentioned. He gets a single. Tommy Edmund gets hit by a two-strike pitch. Carlson flies out. And then in between there, Matt Carpenter and Tommy Edmund do a... An amazing just baseball-style play. Something that shows up in the box score, yes, is two stolen bases. But the pitcher, um, Chris Martin, had no idea. Just no idea. Not one iota of a clue as to where those two runners were in terms of how their leads were and what, how they were reading them. They executed double steal. And that was th- that. was that's the definition of them manufacturing a run. The definition of them manufacturing a run. 100%. That run doesn't happen unless those two stolen bases happen because Goldschmidt fly, flew out the next at bat and Arnott grounded out. And again, different things could happen based on the scenarios and the, the approach changes, the pitch calling changes, so maybe they don't fly out and ground out. But hey, it, it was a successful stolen double stolen base attempt by both Carpenter, who has his second on the year, and Tommy Edmund, who has his 19th stolen base on the year, which does provide some value. Maybe Edmund, I think you should keep Edmund as a bench player, as a spot starter, and as a guy that can steal some mags. But nevertheless, I think that, that 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 was a very exciting play because a double steal is always exciting. And outside of the Nolan Arenado home run all the way back in the first inning, that was the most exciting point of the game from the Cardinals offensive standpoint. Because like I said, they didn't they only had two extra base hits, both of them coming from Nolan Arenado. Offense is sluggish. I think that pitching is gonna get healthy in the offseason. Yes, I maybe go get a bullpen piece, maybe you can get a fifth starter. But the pitching is going to get health in the offseason. Again, this might just be some recency bias with how bad the offense was. But I think an offensive adjustment or offensive addition needs to be made this offseason. And in my opinion, that needs to be more of the more of the uh, priority rather than pitching. But again, we can talk about that in the offseason when that gets here. Uh, game three tonight, before I do uh, close out this segment, way the Block gets to start Cardinals get swept, and that's as close to as it as it's going to be. I understand, you know, you can point back to nineteen sixty four, two thousand and eleven; those were wonderful, fantastic teams. But you you do have to play the games to to see. But I I just the the Cardinals need need to win this game, and they need to win every single series from here on out. No way, fans are butts about it to even stay afloat, to even stay at five hundred. They need to win tonight. So. We'll see. Wade LeBlanc has been solid and give it, usually more than not, gives his team a chance to win. At least he has as a Cardinal. So we'll see what LeBlanc gives the Card- can give the Cardinals tonight. Uh, but that'll close out segment number two. Segment three, talking 2022 schedule, talking Jack Flaherty, Jordan Hicks, and Yadier Molina. Talking all those things and uh, sharing a, a clip from my first episode podcast uh, coming up here in just a moment. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. Pennant race is coming. Track all the action at Bet Online. But if you want some sports addition to baseball, the NFL F- Super Bowl futures are out. You can bet on Olympic action, golf action, and all your UFC MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams are prepping for their runs to the playoffs. So head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You can get that 50% welcome bonus by using the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON. You can get this promo code by going to betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Let's start with the schedule. Cardinals unveil 2022 schedule. The opening day is March 31st for all teams. The Cardinals are in Pittsburgh. And then a bizarre, and I mean a bizarre, two-game series at Wrigley Field. Will they play Monday and Tuesday? Or I'm sorry, will they play Monday and Wednesday and they have an off-day Tuesday? That is, in my opinion, the definition of bizarre. And I can prove that to you since outside of the All-Star break that is the only Tuesday off day the Cardinals have in the entire year of 2022. It's the only one. So, kind of weird for for the scheduling there, um, but nevertheless, the home opener comes later that week on April the 7th, Thursday, as the Cardinals take on the Pittsburgh Pirates. So, Cardinals and Pirates both playing each other's home openers. And uh, Cardinals, when you look at the interleague schedule, They got the ALE, so it's the Central versus the East this season. Cardinals are hosting the New York Yankees on the 5th through the 7th. The Toronto Blue Jays on the 23rd and 24th of May. And Baltimore on the 10th through the 12th of May. And they travel to Boston, Tampa Bay in June, and Toronto in July. I love Rogers Center. uh, The Toronto Blue Jays stadium. Been there once. Love it. So if any of you have a chance to go to the Rogers Center to see the Cardinals play, 10 out of 10. Would recommend uh, something interesting that Derek Gould notes in his Cardinals notebook in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. the Cardinals are playing 50 of their 81 home games before the break, uh, and their first game back on the road after the break will be a road game in Cincinnati. Their 100th of the season. So the St. Louis Cardinals schedule is released, and hopefully the 2022 brings greener pastures than 2021, and that the Cardinals can go out and get some additions. And it looks like they might have a new option. As a as a starter, as the reports are that Jordan Hicks might be looked at as a starter, we'll see if that actually comes to fruition. I think anybody can be a starters candidate in in this point in the season for next year as well as anybody can be a starters candidate for in spring training. So we'll see how that plays it out. We'll see if Jordan Hicks can remain healthy. But one starter that the Cardinals are going to get back that I want to talk about before I get to Molina, and that is Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty will make one more start, according to Mike Schilt, in Springfield on Friday, tomorrow, and then look to be evaluated to be coming back as close as uh, the series against the Pirates, and then slating up for his second start to be a home game against the Milwaukee Brewers. That would be a fun, fun uh, second start, and it would be nice that the Cardinals were still in the playoff hunt at that point when Flaherty makes that start at home against Milwaukee. And... I know that so many things go wrong in a baseball season. So many things have to fall into place. So many things. One domino affects another domino to get to the end point of of a season. But I just think the Jack Flaherty injury, him going out in early June, really set this team on a tailspin. I think it it affected the team more than I thought it more than I thought it would. The starting pitching wasn't able to come up, and he he was pitching very well, eight and one record. Or he was first cardinal to get eight starts and eight wins in his first eight starts or since Bob Gibson or something of that nature, just a really and his ERA was a two and a half, really solid uh, season for Jack Flaherty. So it's not like the Cardinals are just missing the name. No, they were missing the execution. He was eight and one in eleven starts with a two ninety ERA, sixty seven punchouts in sixty two innings and a WHIP of one point oh three. Opponents hitting just a buck ninety six against him. So the Cardinals were not only missing just the name of Jack Flaherty, they were missing the the talent and the outs. He was pitching very, very well. So hopefully he has a good rehab start tomorrow against Springfield and then returns against the Pirates or Royals and then the Milwaukee Brewers. And then that would only mean that Miles Michaelis is close to coming back as well. And here comes the big controversy, the controversial point of the podcast. Yadier Molina wants to return, hoping that he and the Cardinals can start talking extensions for one more year. If you want to read some more quotes, go to Derek Gould's article in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Uh, but Molina does say that he does not want to have experience this winter like he did last winter in regards to the long free agent discussions. He's saying in this article, Molina saying, quote, Yeah, that was a tough time. I don't want to go through that again. That The idea is to get something done early and see what can happen. That would be great. That would be good. That would be awesome. End quote. Wants to play one more year. Wants to play one more year with the Cardinals. I understand that if Malia wants to play, he, he should get a right to, to voice that, but he's hitting 258, slugging 386, OPS of 685. he He's been limited by some injuries, but he says that that's just part of playing about the catcher. But I, I just think that it, it's time to look for Kisner and Herrera. And that's talked about in this article. The Cardinals, uh, this is a quote from Derek Gould's article, quote, Cardinals have Andrew Kisner positioned as Molina's backup and potential heir while they see the future of the position in prospect Ivan Herrera, one of the best regarded young catchers in the minors. The team has spoken internally about how Molina's return for 2022 would be a natural bridge to Herrera's arrival in 2023. Molina would welcome that conversation with him. Uh, End quote. Molina says, hopefully we can get something done. It would be great. In my opinion, the only way that I would be happy with Melina coming back is if it is on a part-time basis, part-time role, bench role, m- mentor Kisner again, mentor Herrera some more, and then get Herrera. Hopefully, and again, this is all that's all depending on if Herrera progresses well in his development. I think he will, but we'll have to wait and see. I know a lot of you are going to say, Molina just shouldn't come back, and yada yada. And then a bunch of others are going to come in. Molina should come back. I love Yadier Molina. He's going to have his number retired. He's going to have a statue outside of Busch Stadium. In my opinion, he's going to be in Cooperstown one day. One of the best catchers of all time. Arguably top three, top five catchers of his generation. But you also have to take you have to take all that into account, but you also have to take into account if the Cardinals are going to try and win in 2022, is Yadier Molina starting caliber behind the plate and at the dish question to ask yourselves. I'm not gonna get into it too much right now because I just I really want to enjoy Molina while he's here because Molina is a joy and he's a wonderful wonderful Cardinal so we'll see what how that all progresses we've got we're gonna have plenty of time to talk about that on future shows um, and I'm gonna end this show with with the first 30, 35 seconds of my first show uh, back on August 5th of 2020. So I hope that you guys enjoy that. It's a little bit loud because my editing skills weren't as good back then, so I apologize. Uh, But before I get to that, be sure to listen to Locked on Bets, which is brought to you by by BetOnline.ag. Doesn't have to be a guessing game when you bet anymore when you listen to this podcast. So listen to Locked on Bets on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Be sure to follow this podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm hoping to make the announcement, the big show announcement, on tomorrow's show. So be sure to tune back in tomorrow for the big announcement. And then that announcement will take effect next week. But I'm announcing it tomorrow as well as on all the socials. I'm at LJFastball. The show's at LO underscore Cardinals on Twitter and Instagram. And email the show at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. Very excited for this announcement. So without further ado, here is my first uh, clip from my first show. It'll fade out at the very end, so it doesn't cut off abruptly, uh, but it'll fade out at the end. So here is a clip from my first show a year ago today. Thanks for the journey. And until I talk to you guys tomorrow, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Network. My name is Lucas Smith. This is my first podcast episode as the host of this podcast. I'm super excited for this opportunity uh, to be a part of the Locked On Network. You can follow me on Twitter, at LJFastball. I've been a huge Cardinal fan for my entire life, watch every game that I can. Um, and I'm just super excited to uh, be the host, new host of this podcast, talk Cardinal baseball with you guys, and uh, give you a, a daily recap analysis uh, and reaction to the Cardinals news and notes and games Monday to Friday so uh, follow along with me on this 2020 journey.